The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, the new alt-right, or my mother. Listener discretion is advised. Podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sarah Kane. I'm Lansing Mike. We are back after our holiday break. Yes, it was not pod fade. We just took a break. <laughs> yeah, no. We, we Actually, I was tempted because yet. I was home at that Sunday and I almost said we record early Sunday afternoon and I was home from Christmas and all and I thought, oh, I should see if you still want to record something if you were available. Yeah, no. But then I got lazy. I'm like, oh, I have other things to do. Like, I can't remember what I did, but I did something else. <laughs> yeah, that Sunday was a day of recovery because okay. I had a Christmas party with the Catholic side of the family, cool. and that's always draining. And then a Boxing Day party with just the immediate family, and I kind of sort of taught my husband how to eat sushi. Oh, okay. Cucumber rolls, at least, so it, mm. it's a start. Yeah, they're good. So I've been eating sushi since I was, what, 10 years old? So I enjoy it. I, I think my, my best sushi experience was going to Morimoto's in New York. And having I no hate idea. you. You should. And all <laughs> I did, because this is what happens when you have foodie friends. And one of your foodie, the girlfriend of your real foodie friend is celebrating her 40th and she loves New York City. So we spent three days in New York. And when she goes alone, it's more of a, I'm going to go to cool bars and stay up until 6 a.m. drinking and having a great time. When she goes with her boyfriend and myself, it's more geek stuff and food stuff. So we went, walked by, and he's like, let's go here. And I just said, chef's choice. And it was all lovely. And it was all pointed out to me, and I have no idea what it is. Because, like, I liked most of the stuff. And two were like, meh. But the rest were wonderful. I'm surprised you were able to just walk in. Yeah, maybe it was a, I don't know, it was, it was, I don't even know where we were. Probably wasn't a Friday or Saturday. No. And I just, we did lots of walking. We went to Dominic Ansel's and had the uh, cronut, the actual cronut, which were okay. I mean, it's not worth waiting in line for, but it's, if I saw a box of them at Meyer, it'd be like, oh yeah, but. (laughs) But. Not by itself worth waiting in line or driving from Lansing just for them. No, but it was an experience that we can say we did. And we were interviewed by a young woman from Berlin who was doing a radio show. So somewhere maybe in Berlin, there's a tape of me saying, you know, because she was like, is it really this good? Or is it just some crazy American thing? And I'm like, it's a crazy American thing. We just want to be part of this experience. Or... Your voice at half volume being dubbed over by some German <laughs> interpreter. Ooh, that sounds sexy. Uh, uh, but no, I mean, it's like going to Golden Harvest here in Lansing. Wonderful breakfast joint, but there's always a line. And sometimes the line itself is kind of the experience. If you actually went to mm-hmm. Golden Harvest and there was seating available immediately, you're cheated out of 
some of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will have to keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah I'm, up Turner Street, just up uh, a little north of Esquire, actually. Okay, yeah, I am still exploring the foodie scene here in the area. I've been to Omisushi. Mm-hmm. They were really good, but I spent thirty bucks on myself, mm-hmm. like one does for quality sushi. Maru is pretty good and also expensive sushi here in Lansing yeah. too. I want to try the Korean barbecue. I want to try Ooh. the Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to try more Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. Like Indian. Um, New Year's Day, I had a Indian at Swagath, which is, um, there's like three Indian places. So, sounds like something from H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, very much Squamish. And, uh, no, it was very tasty. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I've talked to Indian people and they're like, the one I used to go to, Sindhu, is actually pretty good too. But they're like, Oh, Swagath is better. And Persis is even better. I was like, oh, well, actually, there's kind of a 50-50 split between people like Swagath and Persis. But Indian food, like three Indian food choices in Lansing. So. Yeah, I, I knew that Omi Sushi was the real deal when I walked in and I heard Japanese <laughs> at one of the tables. And I'm like, okay, Japanese MSU students eat here. It has to That's be. That's like Hong Kong in the Frandor area for Chinese food. Hong Kong, because you'll go in there and you will be the minority. And uh, everyone else is eating and talking and it's wonderful. And there's a specialty menu that they're obviously ordering from that you have no idea of because <laughs> you have the one that you can read the English and it's your fault for not learning the other two languages. Yeah, yeah, the fact that I cannot read traditional Chinese means that I don't get the really exotic stuff. But, yeah. You know, that, that's okay. I've had authentic Chinese food. Mm-hmm. And you know how I know it was authentic? I was in Shanghai at the time. <laughs> so whatever I ate, even if it happened to be a pizza, it was authentic Chinese food. <laughs> even, if you, even if you had McDonald's, it's authentic <laughs> Chinese McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, no, didn't go to McDonald's. Which is fascinating because each McDonald's in all the different countries do have their own things on the menu, which are kind of unique to those areas. And it's like, ooh. Okay, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. I did not go to McDonald's when (laughs) I was in Shanghai. I did go to Burger King when I was in Amsterdam because I had been there two weeks and was craving a taste of America. I had the best strawberry shake I've ever had at a Parisian McDonald's because my French is so bad. When I tried to order chocolate, it came out strawberry. Strawberry. But oh my God, it was so flavorful. I'm like, I'm I'm glad. I I can only think, what would the chocolate have tasted like? Oh God. (laughs) Probably, the chocolate probably came in from Belgium. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who went to Belgium for a music festival and it was all beer and chocolate. I was in Belgium for 15 minutes when I changed trains in Brussels. Took the train from London through the channel mm-hmm. to Brussels and then had to switch over another train to get back to Amsterdam. And then I stayed up all night long for a morning flight back to Michigan, which if you can pull that off, if you've got the constitution for it, I highly recommend it because I stayed up all night. I slept on the plane, landed at 9 a.m. Detroit time, and I was fresh as a daisy. So you so. kind of reset from the jet lag. I can see that. Yeah. But no, Christmas, you know, Christmas, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I wasn't so much recovery. I was not, I think, as busy as you Christmas, but it was uh, time spent with my family. And yeah. that can be its own kind of 
interesting thing. I, I'm, I'm kind of of the far, farthest politically different than my family of the family members. So, so I get to spend like the first half an hour of Christmas Day with extended family was hearing a bunch of entitled, well-off white people complain about how bad things are under Obama. So I just filled up my wine glass and found the children and talked about Santa Claus and Minecraft. It's like, I'm not getting part of it. No, we will not have that discussion again. I had a long, involved political discussion with my father, who describes himself as a card-carrying Republican, but they don't have cable TV. So he has never seen Fox News. So we were able to have civil, well-reasoned, disagreements mm-hmm. and that's it too i mean i know people who are very conservative and we get along because they're not stupid they're conservative for their own reasons i may disagree with the ethics of you know because mm-hmm. i mean if honestly if you have a lot of money and you don't really care too much about other people being republican is very the appropriate way to vote keep the you know corporations is if because you'll keep more of your money mm-hmm. with less taxes i'm like Okay, I disagree with you, but I understand where you're coming from, and it's actually you're gaming the system because you have this in your favor, so you vote for the people who are going to benefit you the most, be damned anyone else. But my family, it's more they listen to the radios and those shows, and it's like, keep America, America, and, well, America. America. Yeah, and anyone else is hating our freedom, so that's why they're trying to kill us. And, of course, Obama is in league with them because he was raised Muslim by his Muslim dad. Like, no. Yeah, and that the <laughs> pastor at his Christian church is advocating violent revolution. Yes, against Whitey. Whitey. And it's like, you can't have it both ways. Oh, Either well, hate him for being a Christian or hate him for being a Muslim. You can't do both. Yes, we can. <laughs> so this last Friday, we had the first Friday at the Esquire Bar. And they still do have at the Esquire Bar that free confused look in stock for the person who tells them, that they heard about the Esquire bar first on a Harry Crone Companion. It went off really well. Oh, I, yeah. I was, was really happy The about numbers it. were very good. We had quite a few. We had, you know, guests from out of town. We had people who were there. It was a good turnout. Like I said, I, I jokingly say that night was all leather and lesbians. Because yes. there was a large contingent of women who were there having a great time around the pool table. Yes. Because... The lesbians in Lansing are not a diaspora. There is no lesbian bar per se, so they are finding their way in, in huddled masses to other establishments. And yeah, lots of lesbians playing pool, and I saw a few of them playing the Playboy pinball machine. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so okay. your, your theory about that Playboy pinball machine may have been right. We have gotten a banner, but because of my initial plan was to hang the banner and then station myself below the banner for the yeah. first part of the night, but it didn't work out that way. So something that I will try and do, or have boot punk be boot blacking closer to the banner, or have the banner closer well, to his boot black. And station. that was one thing, um, because I talked to some people who I know are involved with leather. And we're there, but I don't think they're, I don't know if they're there particularly for the leather night. I mentioned I, I think they were just there because it was Friday. Because yeah. one of them kind of said to me, it's like, did you okay this with a bar? You know, how official is this? And I'm like, well, the bar doesn't have a dress code. So if we want to all show up in leather, 
it, you know, we have the freedom to kind of say we're going to go to this bar on a certain night and dress a certain way. Um, but is, there is a certain level of how official is it? I don't know. Have, has anyone from our groups or that talked to well anyone working at the bar or involved at the bar? Okay. I, I am in communication with Porkchop, okay. who is an employee of the Esquire Bar. I asked him before I even bought the banner, would we be able to hang up a mm. six foot by four foot banner? And he said, oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. something like that. I, the boot blocking. Because I do know that the, let's say it wasn't grandmother-friendly attire for the boot black. It was a really nice I, very I, I don't think... alluring, but a jock strap with a tail pinned to it. So hole and hole were covered. Yeah, uh, I which, don't think boot punk has grandmother appropriate attire but no but i could see that being something that a bar would kind of look askance at it's like hey yes this is great for your group but now the woman who because i saw a woman trying to get to the bathrooms and she kind of like was there while he was polishing and was like oh can't go this way and you could see that little look of i'm not in kansas anymore as she was trying to get around the very you know attractive tattooed man who was wearing very little polishing someone's boots <laughs> yes now i have not heard any complaints mm-hmm. and i'm kind of you know veritas called me impetuous once and yeah i guess i kind of am i'm kind of you know i'm gonna keep going and riding this train until oh i think it's a good yeah. idea and like i said it's something that they've done in the past so there is a precedent but i also want to have good relations with the bar right yeah. and also i don't want someone I don't want a situation to occur where someone from the bar then does kind of hose down on the fun of the people attending saying, you can't, you know, that will create some bad vibes too in the community yeah, toward yeah. the bar. It's like, well, but this is our place. I mean, it's interesting right. because that's another discussion is kink space, not just kink friendly space, but also kink space where I've known Knights of the Esquire where it was like a dungeon there. They had a cross it up and flogging. There was a pup pit. It was very much a night of debauchery and anyone coming in the door i think kind of knew what they're getting into but in the early days of this it's still very um like new and it's like if there's other regular yeah. friday people who are like who are all these who are interesting the, dressed people yeah who who are these strange men yeah i mean i'd love women. to men and women yes we must not forget pup bellum and her pup ajax oh he's a cutie <laughs> Oh, the things I want to do to that boy that he would never let me do. Yeah. Shame. So cute. So straight. <laughs> oh, well. That's okay. It's like I he's making a friend happy, so I'm glad that it's... <laughs> Still pretty to look at. You know, yes. I can look. <laughs> I just won't and touch. Dr- and dream. But yeah, so I, yeah, it was a very good night. I thought um, I stayed till the lights came on. Again, I was kind of brain dead and the, you know, the higher centers were not functioning, but my reptilian brain core was keeping me smiling and reacting. (laughs) I headed out about one o'clock, which is when I tend to, when my batteries tend to run out is about 1 a.m. Mine tend to actually about 11, 11 where I'm not feeling sociable anymore. But if I'm around people I know, I'll like, I can kind of fake it, but I'm not having any clever conversation or I'm not putting myself out there. Like uh, yeah. last night, I did. I saw someone at the bar who was, you know, 
looked like he was there on his own. And so I was the, the predator that I am and just started chatting him up. And it turned into a good conversation. Yeah. And uh, I think he had a good evening being introduced to the group and all that. So it's like, cool. Yeah, I did a lot of bouncing around, trying to be the gregarious host, mm-hmm. finding those who appeared like they might have some interest in what we were doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, just talking up, hi, we're Lansing Pups and Handlers. We're new. We'll be back February 4th? Fifth. That would require a calendar. First, first, first Friday of mm-hmm. February, we'll be back there. And two of our other members, uh, Whiteout and Pupzilla, will be there in full latex gear. Those boys have been naughty. They have been posting pictures of themselves in full rubber gear at Walmart. And mm-hmm. the things you do in your 20s... <laughs> I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man, but one of my, the big things about kink that I subscribe to is thou shalt not do it in the street and spook the horses. (laughs) So yeah, I would, I would not go to the liquor store in a gimp suit. Or uh, skateboarding down the middle of East Lansing. Yeah. Because there's a video of that too. Yeah, Posted no, not on so the much. lines, and it's like I, you know, it's just one of those things. Is like, hey, this is who I am and what I do, you know? you know. And I, and there's that wonderful idea of just I don't care what people think because I'm not going to base my life on the opinions of strangers who I don't particularly respect. Yes, I mean, I can see that point of view. I can respect it. I come more from the point of view of is it honest? Is it kind? Mm-hmm. I don't want to cause stress to people I don't know. I mean, I, I like, you know, we need those standard bearers. We need those people. Well, and for me, it's that stress is probably being exposed to things that they haven't thought about might make uncomfortable. And I like discomfort in that way. I'm, I don't have the balls to do it myself. I will do it in conversation with someone, but I wouldn't be that forward. But you need those people on the edges shaking things up i think and making people getting out of their mindsets because fundamentally we are cattle humanity is cattle who gets in a comfortable rut and will do it to the point where they're hurting themselves and each other in those ruts and i like to see a little shaking happening and hey the needle skips and you're hearing a different song and it might not be your thing but at least being aware of it now there's certain things i don't agree we live in a sexual things we live in a society where we have deemed sex to be the thing we're going to use to sell every goddamn product but it's still wrong and only is to be made for making babies and even then we should keep it quiet because it's something dirty and until we get out of that erotophobia yes being overtly sexual in public that's pulling people into something that they're probably very deeply programmed to feel lots of issues with and that's kind of unfair because when you yourself are comfortable with eroticism that gives you power over those who are not and and that can be power can be misused and and like i said but and in, in measured doses there's places for it yeah yeah well and the thing is that's, i feel bad for walmart and shoppers at walmart even though i do not like walmart and think it's an evil corporation but they get made fun of, like the people of Walmart site. I dislike that too because, like, oh, let's look at the freaks, and it's like, who are those freaks? Oh, someone who's a little bit different than you. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sure you have a f- freak flag too. And- yes, yeah. 
Where was it? Oh, okay. so uh, uh, people for, who attended, people for, who will be attending. Yeah. Um, Gosh, there's a lot of political ranting wow. going on this day. It's a new year. Yeah, it, it's a new year. It's an election year. And my curmudgeonness is coming on strong. Yeah, <laughs> I I was told at the DBC, which we'll get to in a okay, bit, yes. that by one of our newer listeners that they like our humor, but that in the last couple episodes we seem to have gotten more serious. And, and he likes oh. it better when we're lighter and sillier. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'll I'll try, but <laughs> I promise I'll work What was this last bit we just did? That, well, that was pretty serious. Yeah. That's good. So, sorry. Uh, yeah, so, we're still trying to find just the right well, balance of mood. And we're also finding our voice and figuring out what this is. The beauty of do-it-yourself podcast, zine, punk culture is you just do it. And whatever goes out there, it's going to appeal to some and not be other people's things. There's many podcasts I listen to. And there's usually kernels of stuff I'm curious about, but I don't necessarily care for the chemistry of the people. But mm. they're giving me information. I'm like, ah. Oh. And then you always find those magic ones where you like the people and you like what they're saying. And it's like, yay. Yeah. Um, I think we're, you know, and I, I know a lot of podcasts I listen to are up into their hundreds of episodes. Oh, yeah. And so it takes a while. You listen to their earlier ones and, oh, God, it can be yes, so rough. Yes, Especially when you've come in around 100 and then you go back, oh, I want to hear the whole catalog. And you listen to the early stuff and you're like, ouch. Learn to use the goddamn equipment. Learn to get a better goddamn microphone. <laughs> don't table. T- don't have three people talking at different things at once. That was one. And it's like, that was yeah. corrected. Well, it turns out someone was using it. They had a directional microphone and all this for everybody at the table. They weren't recording through that channel. They're recording through their laptop microphone. Oh no! <laughs> it's like whoops. Whoopsie. So, and then yeah. they discover it's like wow, it sounds so much better. But that's we're we're finding our way. Yes. And also with more input. Um, so if you're listening, please send us your reviews and import import input. And also, um, at being early listeners to this, your opinions and say will have a lot to do with the direction this goes. That's early adopters get to shape the uh, program in many ways. Exactly. And I do appreciate all the feedback. I've been getting more feedback in person mm-hmm. about the podcast, which tells me that we have a rather small geographic <laughs> reach because I'm not getting many through email. Or, which is okay because we are Twitter. very yeah. mid-Michigan Lansing focused. We talk about We are. And I, that's are, another yeah. thing is when I hear a podcast and they're just going on about this great thing and wherever they are, I'm like, and I will never be there. So why do I care about hearing this wonderful game store yeah. that's in downtown San or, Diego? Or this wonderful place to get sushi in mm-hmm. East Lansing and this wonderful gay bar, The Esquire. Now, one bit of feedback I did get... Um, and it is a point that we'll have to kind of fine-tune, the mm-hmm. use of names um, online. Because yes. I know we, there was a slip-up and an actual, an actual real name, name was, used. was used. And it caused them a bit of like, whoops. And it's like, yes. Um, also, even using online names, just because, well, it's something I run into with the fact that, you know, we are so connected and so much of our lives are kind of broadcast on Facebook, on different things. Yeah. It can create some bad situation well situations we haven't had to deal with in the past once upon a time if you blew off a friend's party and said i can't make it i'm just not feeling social i have to be home and then you went out to the bar that night you might be safe you know because you're not but then the next day the morning when someone's posted oh at the bar with blah 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 and your friends are like so you went to the bar last night it's like oops i mean it favors honesty in all things now but yeah like in i mean you've used online names for like play things that which yeah i am only more concerned would be 
if there was some social faux pas where they had maybe begged off of some other engagement saying they felt ill and then that night there's a a thing where there there's proof that they've been somewhere else and did something and were kind of like politely making right. a fat you know a, a polite lie to get out of something they didn't want but then also you know from the other angle you run into the problem of because we're talking about all these other people who aren't here, and mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't do that, but it would make for a really short podcast. We need to be able to refer to these people in some way, and eventually the one into rubber, the scruffy one, yep. the ginger bear, the one with the great big gray beard. No, the other one with mm-hmm. the great big gray beard. Well, and I, yeah. for me, it's I have issues with uh, like online when people are talking um, spoilers for... TV shows or sundries. And, you know, if it's an older show, that's one thing. But ever since the interviewer on Fresh Air ruined the end of a series, one of the seasons of Dexter for me. And a bit too soon. The DVDs had just come out and I was going through them. And he's like, oh, and it ends like this. I'm like, there's ways of talking around that. Calling, you know, the latex boys. You know, boys will be there in latex. And, you know, I don't know. I, like yeah. I think a lot of people don't would not mind it, but... Others would be like, hey. Right, and we also run into that wonderful small world phenomenon. Yes, we're... Yeah, le- gay kink is a very small world. Now, I've heard my, because yeah. I've been mentioned on podcasts for other things. I've gone to conventions and then heard the host going out about something, a group, and hearing. Now, they didn't use my name, but they mentioned something I was involved in. I'm like, oh, it felt Sen- so cool to be. Senpai noticed me. Yes. <laughs> but then I wasn't too concerned about that with the kink world that some people have very strong you know divisions but i don't know it's just something i'm going to be trying to be very aware of myself and yeah i don't know what the right balance is but i do know definitely real names <laughs> yeah no unless they are sitting here yeah no no real names and even then they might be going by you know yeah we, we monitors might or be like, all right, today we will call you Tim. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, thinking about that. When I recorded my Series of Paris interview, mm-hmm. it was back in the summer, I want to say. So several months ago. And Matt asked, what should I call you? And I'm like, yeah, just use my real name. I have no shame. But since I've got this podcast going... And I know the podcast is going to get a mention at the end of it because near the end of the interview, he said, if you do get a podcast going, I'll give it a plug. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering how many times was my name used Mm -hmm. in that hour and a half recording session and how difficult would it be to get changed over just for consistency's sake Mm -hmm. more than anything else. Yeah, it's something I'm all trying to be aware of. And, you know, I think as we get input, like I said, I've, I've heard one bit of input so far. And it's like, okay. And some people might want shout outs. It's like, oh, please. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want us to use your real name or signal boost something of yours, like I want to signal boost the fact that uh, Sewers of Paris mm-hmm. has a Patreon page now. And last I checked, he was over $20 an episode. Good job, Matt. If you listen to the series of Paris, which you should because it's amazing, kick him a dollar an episode. 
I know. I Many podcasts and other forms of media I find out via other podcasts when they get mentioned. Yeah. Sewers was actually suggested by a friend. He found it, however, and told me about it. And like, oh, and then that's how I started listening to it. Yeah, I found Sewers through the gay news-ish website, Joe My God, because mm-hmm. uh, he had posted several of Matt's videos. And from Matt's videos, I learned about the Sewers of Paris. And from the Sewers of Paris, I learned about Linoleum Knife, which mm. is a movie review podcast done by... Alonzo Duraldi and Dave White, this lovely married couple in L.A., and they have such great chemistry with each other. <laughs> it, it is just a joy to listen to them. Yeah, know, I heard their that, individual sewers of Paris yes. where they're like completely separate, but yeah, I'd be interested. Yeah, to, together. together, they've got a good rapport. They've been doing it for a while. They had their five-year anniversary recently, and... Uh, one episode a week. They have started doing Linoleum Knife Television, LKTV. Okay. And they said the first few episodes are free. After that, you'll have to pay for it, probably through a Patreon. And I'm like, well, I'll see what the price is. And I'm enjoying them. And having two hours of them to listen to every week is pleasant. And going from banter to sniping. And they, as, they can... As married couples? Yeah. I mean, you can tell that they're married and that... And that they're still but, in love. As was pointed out at the bar on Friday, you don't need to be a married couple to act like one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have some friends who are not together romantically, but they are good friends. And yes, they're the way they interact is... Like a married couple. Yes. <laughs> a couple that's been married forever. But um, So yeah, so for, First Fridays, uh, well, our second First Friday went, I thought, pretty well. Yeah. And I, you know... So I was glad to see a good turnout, and really, it can only grow. Yeah, one embarrassing goof. You know, I was banging the drum saying, we're going to have a boot black, we're going to have a boot black. I show up in sneakers, and I had to run home. Fortunately, I live real close to the Esquire. Had to run home and get my boots on. Well, and I know there was someone who showed up, and he, when he heard it was leather night, he said, oh, I'll be right back. And he went home and changed into something a bit more leathery. Oh, right. I had worn my boots, but... I really was like looking at my boots and, oh, they've not been taken care of well at all. As I put it, if they were children, I'd be in jail. And it's like, oh, I'm embarrassed to have someone actually giving loving attention to these and seeing how poorly I've treated them. So it's like, okay, well, also, um, he seemed to be mostly busy. And so. Well, I'm sure that you and he can arrange a private session. Well, there'll be future (laughs) evenings. Yes. And I had to talk him out of his idea for his initial outfit, which was a cock ring and a smile. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you can't mix penis and alcohols in, in yeah. Michigan bars. No, he he's from Oregon where apparently he could get a, away with boot blacking in the nude. Or maybe that was Chicago. Well, I and also, Chicago. I, I, yeah. I also know Oregon. I mean, Portland, they have like uh, the naked ride attack. yeah yeah they've got the annual naked bike ride the cops don't care too much about it's technically illegal the mm-hmm. cops just have better things to do uh and word has gotten out about that so that was friday with all of the tangents we mm-hmm. tend to do that saturday uh, i went oh, yes. to detroit bondage and ran into the nice ginger bear who was kind of shy and kind of reserved at the esquire he made it to DBC and after a couple of hours shed his inhibitions and his clothes and 
he looked like he was having a really good time. Didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to talk to him. His mouth was full. So, yeah, wasn't polite to ask questions there. Smaller crowd this month. The energy was a little bit lower. There was just something about December that just everybody showed up in okay. December. And the place was packed to the gills and rocking. Yeah, this month, more subdued. I got to get my hands in the 15 friend that I talked about mm-hmm. last time. Got to have two sessions with him, which tells you how few people were there. The fact okay. that, that I was able to have a repeat performance. It's like karaoke night. night when you, know, you get to go up to the mic several times. Mm-hmm. They've been doing improvements. Yeah. They had a new piece of furniture that is a bondage bed that is basically a series of foam-wrapped two-by-fours okay. laid out and then leather straps. And I took the inaugural ride on mm-hmm. that. I enjoy a nice tight bondage. So I got strapped in and four different guys were touching me at the same time and I was happy as a horny clam. Mm-hmm. Helped another guy get off while he was tied onto one of the other bondage tables that we use rope on. Got my hand in another guy. I've got a reputation. They just love my hands. And I was able to get in pretty about a third of the way up the forearm. With the other friend, he uh, he said, when your hand slipped in, it was like seeing an old friend. <laughs> I said, all right. Well, yeah. He had wonderful, great... He did say, though, that one thing that was holding him back from fully enjoying the Mm -hmm. fisting was that when I had my hand in there, it felt like he had an overly full bladder and that his brain was telling him, you have to clamp down, you can't let it it go in this space, Mm -hmm. right? Even though, you know, I said, you know, there's a drain below you. We've got pads down to pick up all the j-lube and but still there's there is years of ingrained i mean because i i myself yeah water i mean i had roommates once who had the whole thing of no if you just pee in the toilet you don't flush it because don't waste the water that's how they grew up and i can't do i can't do that I could not have, you know, a bowl full of urine sitting in my house you, without you being can't like, yellow leave, let it melt. Nope. And um, I knew that. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And someone said, oh, well, pee in the shower, you know, for morning pee, be in the shower, pee in the shower. And, I, and it's like, and you'll save water, too. And I'm like, oh, but trouble is, though, I have to focus. Like, I can't just be lathering the hair and then just pee. I have to actually be focused, and I can't multitask in the shower. And if I'm just standing there peeing, then you're, you're all, not I'm really still wasting shower. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. like, ah. Oh. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, but yeah. ingrained. I mean, yeah. you're in a shower. There's curtains. There's no reason not to just let it happen. And let it I go. Let it go. And I no, just we're couldn't. not singing that. And I, well, you already have. Um, <laughs> but I could not do that. And yeah, just ingrained. Yes. And, and also other situations like, okay, if I'm not standing in front of a urinal or sitting on a toilet, it's just like, no. Yeah. The, but I think that programming is yeah. like, it'll be. The Boy Scouts kind of help break that a little bit because they're like, okay, here's a shovel. Go 30 feet that way. 
Well, even out yeah. in nature, it's like, yeah. hey, you have to be next to a tree, and you know, yeah. just yeah. I tried that yeah. once. Where I was on a dock, and it was like, I'm just like, hey, I'll just stand at the edge of the dock, and and wow, that was tricky to put myself in the headspace to like just do it. <laughs> and it's like no. Urination headspace. <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, because yeah, we're so programmed not to. There's certain places to do it, and if we're not in one of those places, then yeah, absolutely. You know, how else? You know, how do you keep yourself from peeing the bed when you're semi-conscious? It's like that's deeply ingrained too. It's like no, hold it until you're in that right spot where you could, should yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so he was thinking that next time we play, in order to not have that on his mind that he may catheterize himself first and just that way he doesn't have a choice. (laughs) It just goes. So I got my hands into him twice and into another guy Mm -hmm. once. And he, when I was in there and going rather energetically, I got a face full of piss from him. (laughs) So he, he did not have that same block. It, and he was like, I thought I was empty. I'm like, you probably were when you got in the sling an hour ago. But, you know, we were discussing the fact that I was feeling the pulse of the artery that feeds to the kidneys. Mm-hmm. And your kidneys are constantly working. And, you know, I was I was being a rat bastard and, and actively pushing up. So you basically deserved a face full of piss. I, 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 I deserved the face full <laughs> of piss that I got. Uh, wasn't strong, so... And, you know, all I was wearing was my leathers. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, watcher number five. Can you hand me a paper towel, please? <laughs> Thank you. Moving on. And, <laughs> and but a good time. Not yes. as well attended, but also not. Yeah, time. not as well attended. Still had a good time. Yeah, and those are monthly. Yes, they okay. are once a month for most months. It is the first Saturday okay. of the month. And then they do regular like bar nights at yes. Hayloft? Okay. Yes, at the Hayloft in Detroit on the fourth Saturday of the month. Okay, and that's uh, kind of like a little vetting, probably, if someone shows interest. Yeah, this yeah vetting. Kind of like munches are for, you know, yeah, yeah, a the bit more than community that. before a play party would be. Yeah, they, they do demos mm-hmm. there. I know that when I went to the Hayloft, when I'd heard about it the first time, I got myself gently, uh, they gently tied my hands and then flogged me, not as gently, but I enjoyed that. I don't go to the bar nights anymore mm-hmm. because while the Hayloft is a wonderful bar, it's a very nice bar that treats the kink community very well. Mm-hmm. Um, there are basically three kinky bars in the Detroit area, the Hayloft, Menjo's and Inferno, okay. which is technically an Inkster, but you know, Inkster's close enough, it might as well be Detroit. But it's still just a bar mm-hmm. and limited to the things that you can do in a bar in Michigan. This is not Chicago with the back bar rooms where you see all sorts of fun things mm-hmm. going on. So it's not worth it to me to drive 90 minutes for their bar night when I'm going to see. For basically a watered down. Yeah, when I'm going to see all of the same guys with more intense situations one week later. That being said, yes, it is the main way that they recruit. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a feeder, kind of a line for people to be introduced to it and learn of it. And then for them to get, you know, a feel of like, okay, this feels like someone that 
we'd be comfortable having coming to this more private event. Yes. I mean, you know, I think that's what, you know, Lansing Pups and Handlers is kind of doing the same thing with First Fridays. It's like where you can, a public place that's maybe somewhat advertised that people can find out. And then from that, you'll find the community of the people that you want to do stuff with privately or can feel comfortable having to someone's, you know, home to do stuff. Yes. And that is one of the things that, that is one of my goals for Lansing Pups and Handlers that we can have a more private mosh. Mm -hmm. Perhaps at Neptune's that that's the only place I can think of right now. Or, you know, we've somebody joins Lansing Pups and Handlers who has way too much money and mm -hmm. we buy and rehab a distressed property somewhere that it's Michigan. There has to be a distressed property that we can pick up for the price of a new car mm -hmm. and, you know, do what DBC did. We just need the intention and the money or the credit and the organization and, yeah, yeah. And, and the organization. You need someone who's willing to be the kind of the holder of the keys and all that and figure out how the rules and how it's going to be used and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. I mean, with DBC, it helps that the president is a general handyman and that his partner is a licensed plumber. Okay. And so they have put a lot of sweat equity into that house. I know there's always talks in Lansing, like I said, I, for, through the munches, I'm familiar with the King community. And I've heard many potential places happening, and but I don't know if ever have come to fruition. You know, I, I because yeah. that's one thing that the community in Lansing has always wanted because they do play parties, but they're in private homes and they were wanting a more public space where, you know, just people would know to go there and... You know, you're not having people in your house. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of the in-between of between the bar and a private house. You have that place where maybe a bit more open to yeah, the community I mean, in general, yeah, but still. Yeah, kind of a place like the Kingdom, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, it's just, you know, an open space mm -hmm. at, with a St. Andrew's Cross and a bit more furniture down in the basement. But it's just, you know, a kinky place that can be rented out by the kink community for kinky events and would be nice to have something like that here in Lansing mm -hmm. so that we don't have to go to the Kingdom in Detroit, don't have to go to the DBC Playhouse, well, the beautiful which, thing is, is, yeah. which is not available for rent. Well, the beautiful thing is, uh, you know, um, Lansing is central, you know, so central to Michigan that it can draw people from both sides and below and above. So, yeah, we, we just need to give them a reason to come here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, trying to think what else did I do at the DBC? Um, Oh, I tortured one of the members of the DBC showed up there in a chastity cage. Okay. And I, there was a quiet moment. I brought him in the corner and did my best to make sure that he filled out that cage completely. <laughs> I knew someone who was, yeah, basically in a chastity device. And uh, yeah, it was... The situation was, I think he was someone from out of town who had had him put it on, and so the key was going to be sent back to him at some point in this time frame. It was to test to see how long can you wear it without knowing when you're going to get out of it. But someone he was seeing at the time figured a way around it so he could figure a way to bring him off while he was still wearing Oh, yeah. It. yeah. So, you know, there's, there, there are ways. Oh, yes. There are... There are several ways to get off when you're in those chastity cages. I mean, 
despite common wisdom, erection, ejaculation, and orgasm don't all have to happen at the same time. You can have that orgasm without an erection, without ejaculation, or you can... Yeah. Or I've, I've, I've seen, made I've made guys shoot come without having that or last it, release. You know, videos of guys who can bring themselves off without ever touching themselves. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, it's it's doable. It, it it's doable. The chastity cage just makes life <laughs> a bit more difficult. Okay. Wow. Oh yeah, we're at we're at fifty minutes, so we will probably save the discussion of well, titles and sashes oh okay that part for next time but uh i just have to just have to be more disciplined we have to have our gossip and our, go- our gossip section you know maybe we just have to make sure we just keep it to 20 minutes and then well 20 minutes for topic and 20 minutes for knitting well we uh we did have two weeks worth of gossip <laughs> that we had to work our way through but this section of a hairy prone companion is brought to you by Duke's Dog Food and Brewery. Our brew this month is Old Yeller Blonde Ale. Take your thirst out back and shoot it. So, final section, as always, is knitting, crafting, and crocheting. And Mike gives his mea culpa that he hasn't been knitting again. Still. I was in Joanne's last night with a coupon and saw lovely books and you know, then realized how many books and things I have at home. At the bar night, because I had my rib scarf with me, I took a moment to show Bellum how to purl. She has not learned how to purl yet. Now, I showed it to her, but we both agreed that my showing it to her on my work is not going to be enough for her to fully learn it. She will need to, we will need to sit down probably at the Grand Traverse Pie Company and show her in move by move. Mm-hmm. Also, I even have to remember myself. It's like I, sometimes I take such a break from knitting that I have to actually kind of go online and look at a video. And it's like, okay, that's how this goes. This yeah. is how I hold things. And that's the difference. And I just have to remember, you know, where's the yarn exactly? And, yeah. and all this. And of course, things are made more difficult because I knit continental. She knits English. Oof. Yeah. She is the uh, one person who has witnessed my inability to crochet. I think she was there and very, very amused by my lack of understanding of how to read it and knowing where to put things. And and it, it just sounded very dirty because I was talking about can't find the hole and this and that. And yeah, it was it was amusing. Well, she witnessed. I, I want to have Pup Bellum on because she recently crocheted herself and her friends some beards. Oh, yes. I saw a picture she had. On yes. The phone. Like, Those were amusing. Yes, and I'm like I and look very practical too. I'd love to have a yeah. It's it's like a ski mask. Yeah, yeah. So if you would reach in that bag over there, you should see. I'll just pass the bag. Pass the bag over. So let's see here, baby blanket. Ah, Here it is. I've got oh about halfway done. I've got yeah three of the six straps done on my knit harness and so this is which i marked the front okay so this one's the front Mm -hmm. 
and this is the over the shoulder piece and then in front so it yeah it's it's soft it it will feel pretty good against bare skin and it is set that the rings are basically right at my nipples and, a, and an inch above. Okay. And then, so yeah, I need to do another shoulder strap and then two side straps to get it done and not get everything twisted <laughs> up. The color, it, it is the Dalmatian gray that I talked about last time. Mm-hmm. And it, when I've got it crocheted like this, it kind of sort of looks like a gray camouflage pattern. <laughs> So in bar light and at a distance, it'll probably just all meld into more of a uniform gray for the eyes. And yeah, so I should have this done, well, if I put the, the good faith effort towards it, uh, I will have this this one done at the next podcast. Now, recording. you were saying that the um, the rings that you bought from Home Depot are very rough. They are. If, if you give them a feel... Uh. Yeah, they're they are not all that smooth. Hmm. Yeah, they're not. They, there's some. Yeah, there's a little bit of teeth to it, but it doesn't yeah. seem anything that would. In, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's smooth enough. It's not like something. There's a yeah. spur or something that would catch any of the yarn, right, and cause yeah. damage. Or, yeah. but they seem. I mean, for what they're needed yeah. for, which is just anchor points for the harness, they seem. Yeah, I mean, you know, good I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see them chewing through the yarn, and I don't even feel enough. I don't even feel enough roughness that they would even be inappropriate for like cock rings if they're the right size. I uh, d- to me they feel a little rough, rough for okay. for a cock ring. I don't know. It depends on how adventurous you are and how much you're into cock and ball torture. <laughs> but yeah, for me, I would spend the extra money to get one. And some people might have issues with those rings because they are nickel coated and not chrome coated okay and some people nickel goes green Ah, on their skin so that's something to be aware of but again at 50 cents a piece Mm -hmm. as compared to last cock ring i spent 9.95 on and that was just a a band of silicon rubber but it worked Mm -hmm. it stood up so yeah and that's and yeah, coming pretty nicely. Yeah. yeah, it's going together well. Once I get it finished, I will post pictures to at Harry Prone Comp. The most interesting thing was the measuring of it, trying to get things just right with the measurements because I could the the initial band across mm-hmm. the chest and across the back. I'm like, okay, I can measure my chest pretty easily. But trying to describe to my husband where I needed things to hit and get the measurements just right mm-hmm. on those, we we got grumpy at each other. <laughs> it, it was not a pleasant experience. Yeah. I figured out now a better way to do it. And what I ended up doing was I ran a yarn between each uh, strip. Con- so mm-hmm. I had two rings connected by a strip of crocheted and then I tied a single yarn with a slip knot between them so I had two two single yarns acting as the shoulder straps and the slip knot allowed us to adjust the distance Mm -hmm. and so my husband was then able to adjust 
to where I held the front part in place. I relaxed my shoulders and I said, okay, I want these to be relatively even between the front and back. And he could adjust, adjust, adjust. And we got it. And then I'm like, okay, give a good yank on the short so that we tighten up the slip knot. Now, why did you go for um, crochet as opposed to like, because I would think the bands could also be knit. The or bands, just your own comfort, or the bands you... could, yes, also be knit. I crochet because I crochet much faster okay. than I knit, and I knew that I could connect the band back on itself mm-hmm. with a crochet hook much easier than I could with knitting needles. Okay. So that that's why I went with that. So yeah, I did basically a slip stitch through to connect and wrap around. Okay. And this particular pattern, the cross braces are seven inches long and over the shoulder and the side straps are both going to be 16 inches. And I did it in double crochet six wide. Mm-hmm. So, so I end up doing six and six and six over and over and over again. So I'm working the length of the straps rather than the width. Okay. Which, and the main reason I did that was also because that makes it much easier from, you know, you have the beginning and the end are much easier to loop over and connect rather than the sides. Could I do it with the sides? Yeah, I could, but I wanted to do it the easy way. Yeah, I mean, I could see, yeah, with the yarn. Um, oh, it'd probably take a lot, though, because I'm thinking... Um... It could be interesting to make a harness of uh, paracord. Mm-hmm. I'm you know picturing you know the different weaving patterns, and you can get one that could be a wider strap ish kind of thing. And and you know there's certain eroticism in the paracord. I, every time I see a paracord bracelet, I just think, oh, you're all set for some CBT out in the woods. When you know it's like, what are we going to use for a string? <laughs> it's like that seems perfect. Yep, uh, yeah, that's the one unfortunate thing about the harness boots that I have no laces because. I've done some wonderful CBT with just shoelaces. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will probably have a show devoted to CBT and all of the wonderful things I've done. Uh, yeah, that's another notes. thing, too. Yeah. You know, another shaping way that you know any listeners could have. If there's a certain topic you want to hear discussed, it's like drop it in and we will probably you know, either know something about it or... Make up stuff or actually research, maybe. Or if there is a subject that you are an expert on, we would love to have you. We can do interviews in person if you can make it to the uh, Lansing area, or we can do Skype interviews. I would be happy to do this uh, over Skype uh, and... um, for those who are, you know, in Chicago or Portland or Seattle or anywhere, Auckland, the world is a much smaller place thanks to the internet. Yes. Oh, and just as we finish up recording, I just got an another alert from Patreon that Matt Baum has hit his twenty-five dollar oh. intermediate goal. Good job. His his highest tier goal is five hundred dollars per episode because if he hits that. That means he can focus 100% of his attention on Sirius of Paris and would have to do a lot less freelance work. So, 
we are hoping that he makes that goal. But even at 25 per episode, yeah, I mean, that's that's 100 bucks a month for doing something you love. So, you know, it, it pays the, you know, the basics, you know. Yeah, uh, it, it pays for all of it. All of his um, hosting costs are now covered. And he now... So he's not losing money doing it. Yes, he, he is no longer losing money doing the Sewers of Paris, which, which is a great thing. All right. Well, we've run out of ideas again. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, project photos, or PayPal tips to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us. We are at harryprone.com. Our theme music is Hotspot by Hot, used under the Creative Commons Attribution License 3.0. We're your hosts, Sir Arcane and Lansing Mike, wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night. Good night.